Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you live coverage of the NSAA High School Baseball Championships from Werner Park in Omaha on Friday, May 17th. Catch the Class C game at noon Central, Class B game at 3.30 p.m. Central, and Class A at 7 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. <laughs> he did. <laughs> Always got a rain oh, on the parade. Look at JB. He dropped him oh, This is the last 10 for Minnesota. Oh, he's firing from the loose. NBA season high of 64. That was 61. Make it 63. You're at 61. You add more to the total. There's 63. And then Sohan's gonna get two more. We are at 65. Good morning. Welcome into Earth at Sports Radio here on a Tuesday on AM590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. I'm Ravi Lula, and back with me today. <laughs> Is the man, the myth, the legend, Andrew Rogers? That's a hard title to live up to. What's going on, buddy? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. We'll see how long the voice lasts <laughs> throughout the show. Um, yeah, I, I had no voice yesterday. I was sitting in the airport terminal with my brother-in-law, and I looked at him and I said, "I don't know if I'm going to be able to talk tomorrow <laughs> on the show." And as the night went on, it started to come back a little bit more, a little bit more, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to fight through it. Um, one, because I knew you weren't going to be here tomorrow. Yep. So I wanted to talk about the weekend with you. Mm-hmm. And if I knew I came back tomorrow, then, like, on Thursday, it's kind of like, eh, it already happened. Yeah, like, we're almost well, to the next weekend. Right. right. Yeah. So it's just like, ah, I got to come back tomorrow and talk to Robbie about it. But no, it's good. It's good. I'm back, and uh, I'm not happy to be back in this weather. <laughs> it was 65 in Vegas, and we were golfing, man. Hey, we were golfing. It's like 35 in Nebraska, <laughs> and it feels like 65 because it's yep. 60 degrees warmer than it was yeah, a week sure, ago. Sure, <laughs> sure it does. I don't think so. I don't think that's how it works. For me, you could go out to one of the fine facilities out here. We got some indoor stuff. You could, you know. and you know what? I practiced um, at, at a few indoor spots before I left. Now, um, I have not recovered from the jet lag just yet. Okay. Um, I don't think my body ever adjusted in Vegas. Mm. And if it did adjust, it was like the very end of the trip. So it's a two hour time difference. Yeah. We get there. And look, you know, we're up super early every morning to begin with. And I thought, man, you know, this is as much as uh, as much as Vegas is a trip to stay out late, you know, go clubbing this, that and the other. I'm like, this is kind of a trip to get some sleep. Right? <laughs> I, I want to sleep past five o'clock. Right. <laughs> right. This is going to be nice every single morning. And now, granted, 7 o'clock is 9 o'clock central time, but I was up at 7 a.m. Yeah. Every morning. Yeah. And, you know, the guys that I'm on the trip with outside of my dad and, you know, the ones that have kids, were all sleeping until 9.30. Yeah. And so I'm up with the old dogs, <laughs> drinking coffee, feeling like... 
you know, 26 is the new 40. <laughs> and, you know, I just, I just never recovered. So last night I went to bed at 8 o'clock. And I got to tell you, man, if I didn't set seven alarms this morning, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> Slept because, right on through all of them. Dude, my body was not getting me up <laughs> at all. I, I rolled out of bed at 6.16. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I rolled out of bed. Normally, I'm up at five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding. Um, so, what? Uh, I know that you did some some sports gambling out there. Oh gosh, that it didn't treat me well. Yeah. What did you say? You went one and eight. <laughs> I think the eight is generous. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like one. I didn't, I didn't want to get 12, smacked too hard. One and twelve, maybe. <laughs> Could have been closer to that double digit mark. Um, no. So what was the one? What was the one you won? Uh, it was it was a four team NFL uh, playoff parlay. Okay. So I took the uh, Packers spread, mm-hmm. which that wasn't that wasn't a sweat at all. Um, it, actually, there were some people in my group that took the 49ers money line at minus 500. They were sweating, and I'm like, have fun, guys. Yeah. I, I'm cruising right now. The next game, what was the night game on that slate? The Ravens? So that was the night no, game. The, the Ravens were first. Was, was Texans-Ravens. Yeah, so I had the Ravens. Uh, I wanted to put their team total in there because that's what B said. Yeah. Apparently in Vegas you can't parlay team total with other things. And I believe. Oh, interesting. I believe you can do that on mobile sports betting, but yeah. you can't mobile sports bet in Vegas unless you use the BetMGM, and BetMGM wouldn't let you do it. Now, I'm not sure if Warhorse lets you do it, but my guess is no. So I couldn't do the team total, mm-hmm. parlayed with everything else. So I took the Ravens, and I bought two points at 7.5 because that 9.5 just seemed it seemed too big. Um, it it was either going to be a blowout or mm-hmm. it was going to be close. And if it was going to be close, it was going to be under that nine mark. Yeah. So I, I tried to play it a little cautiously. Sure enough, it was a blowout. So that was easy. Then I took the Lions minus four. So I bought two points there. Okay. Because every prediction I was seeing was 23-20. 24-27. And I'm like, uh, well, I, I got to get as close to this four-point number as I can then. And then the very last leg, um, I had the Bills' money line on that bet. But because the Chiefs were underdogs, mm-hmm. I just chose to hedge. Mm. So I, I had $20 on the parlay. It would have paid out like $160. Uh, I just threw $50 on the Chiefs. And I said, <laughs> all right, guys, I'm not going to sweat this game. Because that, that was the most nerve-wracking oh, of sure. them all. For sure. Because the line was so close. Yeah. And so I sat back and just relaxed. Let me tell you something. So I cashed out that bet. I'm chilling. I had a buddy who's a huge Chiefs fan. Mm-hmm. Made like made like a thousand bucks on the Chiefs game. Yeah. I'm like, dude, good for you. Again, I didn't have to sweat it. <laughs> like I didn't lose three years of my life. Good for you. I had another, um, my soon-to-be brother-in-law, Ashley's brother, uh, on the trip. And I can tell this story now because it ends in, in something good. <laughs> he was down easily. Like eight hundred to a thousand bucks. Yeah, just on sports betting, on gambling, on everything. He threw his last two hundred that he brought. Yeah, on the 49ers money line, which is who I said was sweating out. <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> he threw it on the Lions money line and the Chiefs. So two hundred to win like all his money back. Basically, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, man, I think you should hedge. <laughs> like in that Bills game, I said, I think you should hedge. Yeah. I'm like, you have money, like in your account. Just patch it through, direct deposit, hedge your bet, 
go home with at least 500 bucks. Yeah. Like, cut your losses. <laughs> He's like, no, I'm going to ride it. I'm like, you're it an a- I said, you're an animal. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you're, you're absolutely nuts. Yeah. Well, it paid off. I was like, it paid off. Salvaged it. Yeah, that was the only bet I hit, though. And it was a hedge. That's the funniest <laughs> part about it. The only parlay that I hit. I bet on first touchdown scores. I threw 50 bucks on Trey Palmer to score first. Oh, man, that one pass he got on that second drive was electric. Yep. When he made that play <laughs> and all he needed to beat was the safety. Now, I even if he beat him, I think he still would have gotten tackled. I don't think he would have had a straight shot to the end zone. But... When he caught that ball, man, I was on my feet. I was on my feet. And then I had Dalton Kincaid to score the first touchdown yeah. in that Bills game. Mm-hmm. On that first drive, Kincaid went two for 25. Yeah. They get to the 10-yard line. He's out for the next three downs. <laughs> they just yank him and put Dawson Knox in. Yeah. Get out of here. Unbelievable, Sean McDermott. I'm with Robbie. You should be fired. Fire him. Hire <laughs> Bill Belichick. Um, <laughs> I think I have some uh, audio from your brother-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> if he was speaking Japanese after that, it wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't. Nothing would have shocked me on that trip. Um, but but all things were good. Yeah, I'll give you a brief summary. We got there. We watched a lot of sports and we gambled. We went golfing. Mm-hmm. Uh, played okay. Not great. The greens were really tough. Uh, probably the hardest greens I've ever played. Uh, watched more sports. Gambled some more. <laughs> watched sports the next day. Oh, so Sunday, mm-hmm. we were over at the Mandalay Bay. And everyone knows the Mandalay Bay for wrong reasons than right reasons. Yeah. If you remember the the, um, the shooting that took place mm-hmm. like four the or concert, five years yeah. ago. Um, but the Mandalay Bay is a really nice hotel. They have a great sports book, but they have like this like VIP area that they turned into VIP, um, and it's normally like a high stakes poker. Mm-hmm. So they set up like couches and chairs in there, and I sent one of our guys over and I said, "Hey, go ask that guy if anybody can sit in here," because it said fan zone. Yeah. So he walked over. He's like, "Yeah, anybody can sit in here." So. Before anybody else knew, we were sitting on couches and chairs to watch the NFL games on Sunday when everyone else rented a table in the sportsbook. We're still in the sportsbook. We just can't see the big screens. They set up like two yeah. or three TVs for us to watch. Yeah. We were sitting there for free. I guarantee they spent $500 on a table. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That, that, was, that was one of the coolest parts, too, because I was just sitting here on a couch <laughs> in the casino just watching all the games. You're good to go. Yeah, it, it was great. And then the other... Where I made most of my money, Robbie, mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't playing blackjack. Yeah. It was not playing slots. They had this crane machine <laughs> in the casino. <laughs> like something that you would see. Like the claw machine? Yeah, the claw machine <laughs> <laughs> that you would see at like an arcade. Yeah. And how it worked was your denomination, the money, whatever you, you could choose, a $5 bet, you could choose a $100 bet, whatever it was, um, there was a, an electronic wheel on the back wall of the machine that said what you were playing for. So it wasn't like you picked up a value mm-hmm. and that value said like 40 bucks. Yeah. Or it was like whatever it said on the back screen. I played that machine every day. <laughs> the first day I made $170, okay? okay? And I knew about this machine because I played it once at the Ameristar in Omaha. Okay. But I found out um, through connections that 
Ameristar in Omaha removed it because too many people were winning on it. Mm. And so I'm like, well, if it's in Vegas, like, there's no way this machine's any different than yeah. the one I was just playing, um, like, say, a year ago. Like, I won a 1000 bucks on the really? one in the Omaha. Nice. Um, so I've, I'm playing this machine. I won $170 on, like, the first half of the first day. Okay. I went back Friday night, and me, me and two, three of my buddies sat at that machine for an hour and a half. We <laughs> netted, like... $1,400 at this machine. <laughs> I cashed out twice. I had a $1,000 and a $500, and then we were, like, trying to, like, get more. Yeah. Um, trying to reach that jackpot. The next day I go back, made another 1500 on the machine. Jeez. Now I spread it around because I, people were pooling money yeah, in yeah. For, for it. So that's how I made most of my money back from sports betting. <laughs> I kid you not, Sunday... Or, or Saturday night, I wanted to do... No, Sunday night, because I came back uh, yesterday. Sunday night, I wanted to do it one more time. Mm -hmm. I go over to this machine, and the jankiest out-of-order sticker <laughs> is over <laughs> where you put your dollars in. Are you kidding me? No joke. They knew I was still there <laughs> and a resident that they... We're not going to let me play anymore because I took home $3,000 on the weekend on that machine. Yeah. They're not I leave. <laughs> it's off. My buddy was still there because <laughs> the flight to St. Louis got delayed. Yeah. Uh, he was still at the Mandalay Bay. He goes, dude, you're not going to believe it. He's like, they took the out-of-order <laughs> sticker off. They saw you check out. You're, you're the claw machine shark. You're not. <laughs> I thought I was going to get kicked out eventually for playing that too much. Or like, you know how when you count cards in blackjack, yeah. the pit boss comes over yeah, and it's okay, like, you, you can't play anymore. You got to go. Now, I, I'm not smart enough to count cards. Uh <laughs> But I was I was just waiting on somebody like hotel security to be like you can't play this You're anymore. The claw. Like I'm I'm counting cards at the claw machine. <laughs> You're the claw machine. He's done it again. <laughs> claw machine shark. That's outstanding. Um, that's that's fun. I I'm well. I'm glad you had a good time. Hey, thanks. Uh, glad you glad you're back. I uh, am too. So so you ended up. I'm guessing with the claw machine. You ended up up money or at least even? I ended up even because the very last night when I couldn't play the claw machine one more time, <laughs> I had like $200 profit at this point. Okay. And it's because I was a degenerate with my winnings on sports betting. <laughs> sure. Um, just to be one. And so I went to, and I'll never do it again. I went to high stakes slots mm -hmm. or high limit slots. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Let's do like $25 spins. Yeah, why let's, not? Let's just see what happens. Let's do it. <laughs> I did like eight spins and <laughs> I was out of there. <laughs> yeah, it didn't, it didn't go well. But I thought, you know what? I'm never going to get this opportunity again. No. I'm, nev I'm never going to play high limit slots ever in my life. Yeah. But because I had the profit, I said I'm either going home with everything that I came with yeah. or I'm going home with a lot more than $200. <laughs> and I went home with everything I came with. <laughs> Well, hey, you could definitely end up a lot worse uh, after a weekend in Vegas. But uh, glad you're back here. Uh, moving on to some of the – there wasn't a ton going on in sports last night, at least with the uh, college basketball and stuff like that. But leave it to uh, Joel Embiid to have a night anyway uh, for the Sixers. Uh, so I, I know a lot of our listeners are not huge NBA fans, and that's fine. Um, but – Scoring 70 points in a game is not easy to yeah, do. Yeah, that's news, whether it, you know, whether you're an NBA fan or not. 
to put in context here, how rare would you guess a 70-point game is? I would guess only three people have done it. It's more than three, so it's about as common as a perfect game in in baseball. Oh, so like 20 people have done it? Well, so I was doing some math here. There's been 14 total 70-point games in NBA history. Okay. And eight different people have done it. Wilt is the only person to do it more than once. But if you think about, okay, there's about twice as many baseball games in a season as there are basketball games, and baseball's existed for about 50-ish years longer right. than, than basketball. But if you think about it, too, starting pitchers only pitch yeah like once every five days yeah so what's that like 30 games in a season yeah you're right that's so maybe it's about half as common as a perfect game uh but yeah so eight different players including Embiid, have done it in nba history uh the again only 14 times in the what 75 year existence of the nba um have done it it is one of the more rare feats in, I mean, outside of obviously scoring more than 70, like uh, like Kobe is the only person besides Will to score 80. There is no one between 80. Maybe that's the number I was thinking of. Yeah, so it's, it's literally 80 is Kobe and Wilt, and that's it. That's the list. And between the 81 for Kobe and the 100 for Wilt, there's nothing in between there for, e- for anyone. Um, but 70 is, I mean, it's an incredibly rare achievement. Um, obviously, they won the game as well. It's kind of funny because on the same night, Carl Anthony Towns scores 62 and nobody cares because they lost. <laughs> and his coach even kind of like brushed off. It was weird. I know there's weird stuff going on there in, in uh, Minnesota. But, yeah, Joel Embiid is the first player in NBA history to have a 70-point, 15-rebound, 5-assist game. Uh, he is the only person even close to that neighborhood is Jordan, who did 69, 18, and 6. I was going to say, it's, it's shocking that Jordan did not reach 71. Never reached 70 points in his career. For as prolific as a scorer as he was, uh, 69 was his, a, was his career high. Um, never reached 70. And you've got some randos in the 70 club, like Donovan Mitchell has 71. Uh, 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 wild. Devin Booker has 70, which I remember Mitchell's game though. Some of these, like the, the, the Devin Booker one in particular, these teams kind of start feeding the, like they, they start playing just to get them the points a little bit. Um, (laughs) yeah, they shoot 42 to 50 times in the game. Uh, and like Booker's, you could like the entire fourth quarter, they were basically trying to get him buckets. Uh, so you kind of have, I'll give Embiid credit. He shot. 41 times but he was 24 for 41 like he was cooking uh like you shoot over 50 percent by yourself yeah i mean like he he was he was cooking so i you know i'll give him credit there and it was like a reasonably close game for a lot of that time and so it wasn't crazy that he was in for as long as he was i mean it only ended up being a 10 point game right so um but no, it's it's a weird club. You've got like a Devin Booker in there. You've got a Donovan Mitchell. Uh, David Robinson is in there. Mm-hmm. That was a weird one. I think back in like '94, he was trying to win the scoring title, and he needed 70 to win the scoring title, so his team kind of fed him there. Uh, you've got a David Thompson 70 pointer in there. Um, there's some, and then you have like six Wilt games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
at the very top. Yeah, which are all which I mean they're kind of outliers in and of themselves as well because he was seven foot three and a freak, and he's playing against a bunch of like six six guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but which is fine, whatever. I'm not hating on uh, Wilt Chamberlain, but it's a it's a weird list. Like it's a Elgin. I think Elgin Baylor's yeah, in there. He's on there. Uh, it's a weird list. You, like you don't have your Michael Jordans. You don't have, you know. Obviously, you've got the Kobe game, but um, it's. I mean, it's a crazy. It's a crazy number for Joel Embiid to get to, and he's sort of a weird. Like obviously he scores a lot, but I I don't know that you ever look at him and be like, oh yeah, that guy could drop seventy. Yeah, n- now hardly. He's a weird guy to do yeah. it. Well, first off, is he healthy enough ever to score seventy <laughs> points in a game? Uh, but two. What were the Spurs doing? They were not playing defense at all. You knew what was he doing the entire? How was he scoring his points? Well, the Spurs are bad. Yeah, I yeah, mean, but Webinyama can defend much better than I saw. Yes, much better. He can. Part of the problem, I think, for Webinyama is, dude, you. And he can touch the ceiling. How are you not in Embiid's face when he's pulling up from the free throw line? The the lackadaisical play <laughs> yeah. that I saw from Webinyama. And yes, Embiid has to make the shot regardless. And, he, and maybe he has to throw a little extra arc on it, but he's about as tall as Webinyama. I doubt it. Webinyama, if you're if you are up in his grill, he's not taking those shots. Yeah. They were just letting him, giving him the mid-range jumper. Yeah, it's uh, it, it was a well, and it was kind of a strange. It was kind of a strange game because, you know, you probably, and at at a certain point you have to get out on him and and defend it right. But at at a certain point you're probably like, okay, like early in the game, you're like, okay, he's not posting up on me. I can live with that. He's not shooting a three. I can live with that. It's like, yeah, if you want to shoot mid-range jumpers all day, go for it. Like mm-hmm. that's usually the shot you want him to take, right? But when they're Starting off on fire, I think you probably need to adjust your game plan a little bit there. And maybe close out you a know? little bit harder. <laughs> like you gotta gotta decide. Hey, maybe we don't just let him shoot open jumpers all day. Um, and it was all day. It yeah. was all game from start to finish. Embiid was pulling up from the stripe all he, game long. Yeah, he certainly was. And uh, it was. I mean, it was kind of cool. It's kind of cool to watch those just because. You know, when something sort of historic is happening, you see a guy start to roll. It's it's a really unique kind of experience in basketball that it's hard to replicate in other sports where a guy is just really getting like on one. Um, whether it's like I, you know, I've I've went back and I've watched Kobe's eighty one. I've you know I've seen. You know, you've seen Curry go off. You've seen like mm-hmm. Clay Thompson go for thirty-seven and a quarter. Uh, you see, you know, I've seen, I saw the the Donovan Mitchell and the Lillard games and and those ones. And you kind of look at it and you like, there's a very unique experience in watching a basketball player just find this groove. And it's really kind of unlike anything else and in stay sports. In it. Yeah, to, and to stay in it for a whole game like that's like you see a guy goes for like spurts, right? You see a guy go for like three, four minutes. You're like, oh man, he's mm-hmm. he's cooking. He takes a heat check. Or like and, yeah, in the fourth quarter, he plays the entire thing and scores twenty eight points. Yeah, right. Like you know, you've you've seen that with like LeBron's done that and stuff like that. But to see a guy get hot early and stay hot through the entire game it is really kind of a cool experience and so um i i mean as somebody who just loves basketball that's kind of my takeaway from it is it's just really enjoyable to see a guy operate at that high of a level but um yeah i mean the spurs are bad <laughs> like it's yeah they're very bad it's kind of like when you know hit the worst team in baseball you're like well i mean 
It's still a no-hitter. It still counts. <laughs> They're still Major League Baseball players. <laughs> they are still Major League Baseball players, but it's like, eh, you're, you're not you guys no- are still NBA players. You're not no-hitting the 27 Yankees here. <laughs> Coming up next, we'll uh, set up the show for you. We've got uh, some other college basketball news in the Big East, as well as a former Husker apparently has found a home we think this time more on herd at sports radio coming up next